0: And now your host,
1: Chicago Reader columnist, Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this All Alone Again Thursday, and here's why. Woke up this morning, and what did I see? An editorial on my beloved Bright One, the Chicago Sun-Times, slamming the chicago public school teachers chicago teachers union for uh threatening to go on strike it's the second sun times editorial of its kind in the last i don't know 10 days or so boom boom this time, they're mad at them for raising the issue of homelessness, even though teachers have to confront the issue of kids who have no home all the time when kids just want to come to their classroom, moving from one school to the next. It's an issue that confronts teachers, but apparently they shouldn't talk about it with Lori Lightfoot. Then, boom, editorial in the Chicago Tribune blasting the teachers. I can't even keep up with all the editorials in the Tribune blasting the teachers. I, if you go back historically, I can't recall ever once a Chicago Tribune editorial standing in solidarity with the teachers uh, asking, for a raise. I've said this once, I'll say it again. I think the first strike was late 60s or so. If the Tribune had its ways, teachers would be making the same salary they were making in 1968 anyway this um, this particular editorial said teachers should not go on strike for the kids suddenly the chicago tribune is very concerned about the kids they're just very worried about the kids because the kids cannot miss one day of school if the teachers go on strike i share their concern i hope the teachers don't go on strike but it's really interesting d how the chicago tribune could love kids so much and have such disdain and, and hostility for the people who teach them all right then we got to John Cash, uh, young Johnny Cash. <laughs> Not Johnny Cash, all right? There you go. <laughs> okay. My millennial listeners. Wait a minute. Isn't it the man? Ring of fire? Yeah, ring of fire. I love that song. No, John Cass. We've dealt with this before, millennials. Pay attention. Anyway, John Cass writes a column for the Chicago Tribune. As I point out, he's a little to the right of oh, Mitch McConnell. But I said, well, you know, Cass is going to stand up for the teachers because he likes to be the sort of the voice of the little guy, right? The, you know, he's not going to stand up with the corporate elite of Chicago and uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, the boss of Chicago, right? He's going to be with the teachers, right? Uh-uh, negatory. <laughs> He was right there with the tribute, bashing the teachers. He had an interesting little theory. It's very Chicago, his uh, his suggestion. Now, follow me on this one, folks. The teachers of Chicago, one of the main issues uh, they're uh, raising and what they probably will go on strike for uh, is they want the uh, the Board of Education and Chicago Public Schools, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, to put into writing an agreement uh, to hire a certain number of nurses, social workers and counselors. Uh, this The city, uh, the public schools of Chicago have been understaffed on this front for years and years and years. So they want to deal with that right now, put it in writing, uh, make it a, a union contract, uh, contracted protected uh hiring all right john cass's attitude his idea of the teachers like it so much they should take a pay cut pay for themselves well there's an interesting idea huh. <laughs> You know, like already teachers right now, you know, they, there's no money for supplies in this dead broke system. You know, you have a lot of friends who are, or you have some friends who are teachers. Do you know how teachers do it? They buy the pencils, the paper, you know, the crayons, the stuff they put on the on the walls to decorate. That comes out of their pocketbook. For, remember those stories years ago about teachers having to buy the toilet paper and the uh, paper towels and stuff like that? There we go. Now we got it. We're so desperate. We're so broke in the city of Chicago that to get a nurse in a school or get a library in a school, well, the reigning idea from the uh chicago tribune is that teachers pay for it themselves well huh, next thing you know teachers are pay for the janitors how about that d let's just dig a little deep teachers pay for the janitor well already a lot of the teachers have to clean up the rooms themselves remember that issue from a few years ago very interesting idea from the teachers pay for nurses <laughs> here we go because you know wouldn't want the taxpayers of chicago to have to worry about that uh or you know the powers that be what have you so interesting not a lot of allies in in the media when it comes to the teachers d in fact if i didn't know better d you know who i'd say was on the side of the teachers uh you (laughs) and me (laughs) poor teachers guys i hate to say it not a lot of friends in the media you and me d that's pretty much it that's why i said alone again naturally that's actually not true maya Comes in the studio on Tuesday. I said, Maya, just instinctively, which side are you on? She looked at me like, a, a teacher's, of course. Miles will be in here a little while from in these times. He's on the teacher. D, isn't it interesting? Everybody that's on the side of the teachers to Chicago media could fit into this little studio. <laughs> oh, gosh, it's so fun. I thought Chicago was supposed to be a working-class union town. Here's the deal, folks. I say this. If we can't afford to hire nurses... And if the reigning idea from the largest newspaper in the city of Chicago is that the teachers should dig in their pockets to pay for the nurses, I have a suggestion. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. We just cut a deal. City of Chicago, taxpayers like to remind you of this. Tribute doesn't cover this much, but uh, we just cut a deal. We're Sterling Bay, the developer, to build Lincoln Yards in a gentrifying area. And among the other things we're paying for are their lawyers and their flax. $25 million is set aside in that deal for that. So I'll tell you this, if the teachers are going to have to pay for the nurses, I think Sterling Bay should have to pay for their own lawyers. What do you think, Dee? Isn't that a good idea? Sure. Let's see what the Tribune has to say. Oh, there they are under the table, Dee. Come on out. Oh, I'm scared. <laughs> uh, teachers paying for nurses. At yeah, the table at the Ben <laughs> Show studio. You know what? But we lost the, uh, we, we changed things around, so the cover, the, at least the oh, like the gag. You, you are so inside baseball right now. <laughs> anyway, uh, what, a, what a warm, uh, friendly town it is in terms of the media's reaction to the Teachers! Teachers! Pay for your own nurses. The young man from Alton, Illinois, the pride and joy, yes, indeed, of Southwest High School or Southwestern High School, the doctor with the news. All you have to say is, Dennis,
0: with the news, waiting for that day. (laughs) How's it going, everybody? We begin with what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon. First up, our Illinois governor, J.B. Pritzker. After years of neglect, Illinois is finally getting its mojo back His and
1: th- we're open for business. Oh,
0: sorry, Jimmy. The interrupt. cut him off oh, there. Oh, my goodness. His Thursday plans involve a trip to Chicago's Thompson Center to release recommendations from the Pension Consolidation Feasibility Task Force. Mm-hmm. Hey, Ben, remember that time a uh, couple of weeks back when the FBI raided the offices of Democratic Illinois Senator Martin Sandoval. Remember that? Yes, indeed. Yeah, me too. Well, we're learning more about the reason why. And sadly for Sandoval, no, this is in fact not one of the most epic birthday pranks of all time. I looked it up online. His birthday's in January. Wouldn't make sense to do it now. It's October. (laughs) So we learned last week that feds were looking for information related to concrete and construction businesses, lobbyists and public officials, and items related to any official action taken in exchange for a a benefit. So that was last week, and today, well, the plot thickens. It looks like Crane Chicago Business got the scoop. Damn it! Was it was it Greg Hines, your good friend? Uh, I was not Greg Hines, your good friend, and the best poker player in all of Chicago. No, nope. uh,
1: not really, but whatever.
0: <laughs> Let's.
1: Make I'm trying to get good. that Greg Hines interview. All right, you uh, keep great, ruining it. Great poker player, Greg. What a great poker face he's got. There you don't know, you know I, he he could have two twos or three aces. You wouldn't know from his face. <laughs> I thought you were saying like ballet tutus. Uh, You know what they say. You got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. And And that's what Craig Hines says. He's really good. He
0: knows his poker. All right. I think we're going to get that interview. (laughs) All right. Crane Chicago Business got the scoop here. ComEd and Exelon are being asked for records of communications with State Senator Martin Sandoval. Commonwealth Edison, along with parent Exelon, received a grand jury subpoena October 4th, requiring, quote, production of records of any communications with certain individuals and entities, including Illinois State Senator Martin Sandoval. The company's disclosed last night in a Securities and Exchange Commission filing. For ComEd and Exelon, it's the second federal subpoena they've received in the past three months. Earlier, they acknowledged requests for information surrounding lobbying activities from the U.S. Attorney's Office in Chicago. Oh, Illinois. <laughs> And that investigation <laughs> focused at least in part on former Southwest side alderman one Michael Zaluski's efforts to get lobbying work for ComEd, according to reports at the time. Exelon last night even disclosed for the first time that it had established a special oversight committee of its board made up solely of independent directors, quote, to oversee the company's cooperation and compliance with a subpoena. Mm. Any further action taken by the U.S. attorney and any resulting actions that may be required or recommend it. The committee has retained its own outside counsel, according to the filing.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, my advice. We talked about this yesterday with Robert Herguth, uh, ace reporter, investigative reporter for the Chicago Sun Times. A funny little interview where he was talking about the man cave they have in the southwest suburbs. It's a cigar lounge where the pol- uh, the political powers that be, you know, they they descend into the lounge. They hide in the lounge. They cut their deals. That was pretty funny stuff. We don't know exactly what the investigators are looking for. There's bits and pieces, strands of it. We the come. And what that is is involved? Uh, there is a, you know, the red light camera company is involved. It's, it seems as though it's a. Uh it's it's a, a, an investigation that has many different layers to it. But i will say this. My attitude is uh, I, I urge uh, Senator Martin Sandoval to employ the Donald Trump technique of responding to uh, investigations. Donald Trump, president of the United States, as you all know, everybody uh, has to has se- told uh, the congressional investigators who are looking into what he said and what he did in regards uh, to extorting uh, dirt uh, on Joe Biden from the Ukrainian president. Uh, he says he's not going to cooperate in any Anyway, He essentially uh, gave two middle fingers high to the investigators, said he does not have to abide by their subpoenas. Uh, He does not have to turn over documents or records. Uh, His people who work for him uh, do not have to cooperate, which is really interesting. I mean, you know, if he orders them not to cooperate, they don't cooperate. I think they're still vulnerable. They're exposed uh, to potential, you know, criminal liability. So it's very interesting. He's saying, yeah, you should, you could go to jail over this, but you're going to do it because I told you to do it uh if i were the lawyer for the employees i'd be advising them to show up and testify but uh i'd urge marty sandoval to try that see how far that gets him. the uh, you know that technique and by the way see how much support he gets for that technique from uh, the media in this town the Chicago Tribune with well, might as well go back to them speaking of them their editorial board remember they said D they saw they could really see uh, nothing too dramatic too dramatically wrong it was wrong that Donald Trump was uh, apparently attempting uh, to extort information from Ukrainian president but there was no quid pro quo so what's the big deal hey maybe they have the same attitude about Marty Sandoval so if he gives the middle finger to the investigators uh, to the The feds were looking into him. Maybe they'll support him. Who knows? Uh, So anyway, that's my advice to Marty Sandoval.
0: Once again, Comed Nexelon are being asked for records of communications with State Senator Martin Sandoval. Hey Ben, remember that time shortly after (laughs) Sant? What? (laughs) What's so funny? Remember that time shortly after Sandoval's offices were raided, when our Illinois Governor JB Pritzker, in a public statement, said that Sandoval should step down as chairman of the Senate Transportation Committee. Remember that? Yes, they do. Yeah, me too. And now more politicians are getting on board with Governor Pritzker. Politicians like Illinois Democratic
1: Controller Susana Mendoza. And we we haven't talked to Mendoza in a while. Have you I, talked to her? I've uh, not had a Mendoza report in about. Three months? Yeah, we got to get on Abden, let's cut a deal. That's Mendoza's (laughs) press guy, Abden.
0: Come on, Abden! (laughs) According to NPR Illinois' Brian Mackey, Mendoza says in order to get rid of any clouds over the project, it's time for Sandoval to go. I think that everybody serves in this dome and outside looking in should be very concerned about these allegations. And he should do the right thing. And step aside.
1: Mm-hmm. That's what she says. Who else weighs
0: in on this? Democratic Assistant Majority Leader Don Harmon of Oak Park also says, so long Sandoval. <laughs> he told the Chicago Sun-Times and, <laughs> and Tina Spondellas that it's time for Sandoval to step down from the committee. Here's the quote from Harmon. Quote, it would be wise for Marty Sandoval to step down as chair of the Transportation Committee while this investigation unfolds. And surprise, we got an Illinois Republican saying that Sandoval oh, should step surprise. down. Yeah. Not really news, really, but Here's Republican Senator Bill Brady on Twitter, quote, Given the seriousness of this matter and in order to protect the interest of our Illinois residents, I believe he should be removed from serving as chairman of the Transportation Committee or any committee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those are a few of our pro-so long Sandoval politicians, but there are those who think otherwise. A day after the federal raid last month, Senate President John Cullerton called the news "quote obviously very troubling," but said that he'd wait and see what happens since Sandoval has not been charged. In an updated statement, Cullerton spokesman uh, John Patterson on Wednesday said that the Senate President will continue to monitor the situation.
1: Ride or die, says color. <laughs> He's riding or die with Sandoval. Well, listen, you know, I've come all over the map on this one. Uh, on the one hand, any investigation uh, by the feds is serious. And, uh, you know, on the other hand, what, what, what do we say? You're innocent until proven otherwise. So uh, maybe it's a rush to judgment. Um, I would like to remove politics from this equation, D., but just like with, we talk about this all the time with uh, uh, sexual harassment charges, it seems as though the discussion of what is and isn't proper only takes place on the Democratic side of the aisle. I just want to point out one more time, uh, Donald Trump is under investigation, multiple investigations for all kinds of wrongdoings, all right? Uh, and uh, I don't know any Republican uh, in Congress right now uh, or any senator uh, in in the Congress, in the Senate right now, any Republican senator who's saying he should step down. So it's always Democrats. I mean, I'm not saying obviously that uh, Republicans are only Republican politicians are the only ones who run afoul of the law. I've spent so much of my time chronicling the misdeeds of Democrats in this town, uh, from mayors to aldermen to state reps, et cetera, and so forth. Uh, but it is curious. When it comes to misdeeds by the Republican Party, the Republicans just don't seem to have any standards whatsoever. And they turn on the uh, investigators and t- attack the investigators. When it comes to Democrats, all the Democrats are saying, well, Marty Sandoval, just the fact that there is an investigation warrants him stepping down. So a curious double standard when it comes to Democrats who uh, have allegations of misdeeds and Republicans. And the Republican in question right here, young Dennis, is the most powerful Republican in the in the country, the president of the United States, Donald John Trump. So it's just interesting. Once again, I guess it's only Democrats that are held accountable for the misdeeds. Republicans are exempt, I suppose. I guess that's where we are right now in our politics. And
0: one more Democrat as approaching the wait-and-see attitude on Sandoval. It's Democratic Majority Leader Kimberly Lightford of Maywood, and that's Lightford, not Lightfoot. Yes. Don't don't get it twisted Don't get it twisted. Both Cullerton and Lightford argue that the Southwest Side Democrat, who is also a majority caucus whip, has not been charged with any crime. Here's a quote from Lightford. Quote, clearly from a social justice perspective, I don't feel comfortable calling for the punishment of someone who
1: hasn't been charged. Yeah, well, I kind of agree with her there. Uh, has not uh, been charged, you know, innocent until proven. He's not even. I can't even say he's innocent until proven guilty because he hasn't been charged with anything. So uh, I think Democrats should have sort of the same attitude toward the Democrats who have been who have been under investigation that Republicans have. Okay. So when I see the Republican Party rise up as one to, and and join the investigation uh, into the misdeeds of Donald Trump, then I'll welcome Democrats to do the same. It's interesting, just double standard. One more time, uh, Democrats are. uh, very cautious about any signs of impropriety in their party. Republicans apparently welcome it in theirs. So there's that. The latest in this ongoing saga with our Illinois senator.
0: We have another (laughs) piece of the puzzle. But the question still remains. Martin Sandoval. Seriously, bro. What the (laughs) hell did you do?
1: I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Ooh, wait and see. Wait and see. Maybe he was on the phone with Trump and the Ukrainian president. Oh, you think of that? You think uh, so? I think that's the fastest way for him to, to go unpunished. If they discovered that the other guy on the line was state senator Martin Santa was Trump, Marty Sandoval, and the president of the Ukraine. Oh, wow. And you watch all the Republicans. Oh, well, come on, man. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> that's what you should do, Marty. You, you switch parties. Then you can do whatever you want. You'll never be punished at all. Just join the Republican Party. What will happen? We'll have to wait and see if Sandoval goes with that sound strategy Drofsky delivered. Flip him the bird. <laughs> I got a feeling that only works for Donald Trump and other Republicans Roy Moore in Alabama he, uh, he's running again he looks like he's going to be the uh, Senate uh, the Republican Senate candidate in uh, Alabama so yeah, Republicans have a curious attitude about misdeeds in their party uh, but Democrats are quite concerned about uh, any allegation against Marty Sandoval
0: Sandoval if you're listening and you're thinking about doing that strategy been suggested <laughs> talk with some people who may uh, I don't know i don't Get a lawyer that may not be a good idea I don't know jury's still
1: out it's still working for Trump. (laughs) It's doing well. Uh, You know, it's doing okay for Donald. All right, moving on to the mayor.
0: This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Mayor Lori Lightfoot's Thursday's plans involve a visit to William H. Prescott Elementary School to deliver remarks at the National Blue Ribbon School Awards celebration. In the evening, she'll deliver remarks at the Chicago Public Library Foundation's Carl Sandburg Awards Dinner at University of Illinois at Chicago's Doran Forum where author George R. 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 Martin, aka the Game of Thrones guy, will be honored. Ben, I know you love Game of
1: Thrones. <laughs> You're going to be at this event, right? Uh, no, negatory. You know, I've never seen a, an episode of Game of Thrones. Have Me? you?
0: Oh, I've seen the last one, and I saw the. I saw it for like maybe ten minutes, and I fell asleep. Yeah,
1: no. So anyway. But uh, you're not
0: going to this event tonight. You're going to be at Sidetrack tonight. That is
1: correct. I'll Man. be at Sidetrack with Maya. and We'll be uh, interviewing various activists uh, in the city of Chicago, the LGBTQ community, and uh, getting ready for the town uh, the town hall forum CNN is sponsoring. So yes, that's where I'll be, and I'll miss that function at the uh,
0: library. We encourage you all to join us if you got no plans. 3349 North Halstead in Chicago in Boys Town. Sidetrack. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Maya Duke-Moss will be there. And you can congratulate Maya if you're there on her new uh, gig as the uh, first Tuesday co-host, having to deal with Ben once in a <laughs>
1: month. Uh, but she actually has to deal with me uh, w- once a week because she comes in every Tuesday at this oh, show. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, no, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Mike Dumpke has left the the show, unfortunately uh, for me. But on the good news front, I got uh, Maya will be uh, my co-host. So I'm looking forward to that. I think we'll be talking teacher strike. Uh, hopefully there will be no teacher strike. I'm rooting for it. I'm hoping they cut a deal. Uh, and that Lori Lightfoot's going to a school, did you say today? Yep. Uh, it's clearly to uh, you know identify herself as somebody who cares about public schools as we head in this contentious last few days uh, before a potential strike. So I'm hoping there will not be a strike. But uh, one way or the other, we'll be dis- discussing the relationship between Chicago's teachers and the Chicago Public School and the mayor's at the next um, uh, hideout show, first Tuesday.
0: And a certain 2020 presidential candidate will be showing up at Sidetrack tonight, which explains why Ben's wearing that nice shirt today. <laughs>
1: I wore one yesterday. Oh, I'm Marianne Williamson. By the way. Where's your tie? <laughs> huh? Uh, Where's your tie? Uh, you got to see Marion Williamson tonight, and you're not wearing a tie?
0: Ah, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. She likes the casual look I've heard. I don't know. All right, so Mayor Lori Lightfoot's Thursday plans involve uh, that visit to the school, uh, and let's see here. Oh, no new updates on the looming Chicago teacher strike, but we do have a Chicago budget update. Oh, okay. Yeah, remember everyone, the city of Chicago is currently facing an $838 million budget deficit, and we have been anxiously awaiting for plans to try and get us out of this hole. Benny J, we got one plan. All right. One plan here. That's good. Mm-hmm. Mayor Lori Lightfoot wants to merge two city departments to save $1 million. Lightfoot announced plans Wednesday to consolidate the Chicago Department of Innovation and Technology with fleet and facility management. But the administration said any merger would need to be approved by the city council and would take effect in 2020. So consolidating the Chicago department of innovation and technology with
1: fleet and facility management. Ben, what do you think of this idea? Good, bad, don't care. Uh, save a million dollars, a million here, a million there. You can hire some t- nurses. <laughs> okay. You know, it adds up. Uh, so I welcome, by the way, I've been critical of mayor, uh, Lori Lightfoot and her stance toward the, uh, the teachers in terms of hiring the nurses and the social workers and the counselors and the librarians, et cetera, and dealing with class size, just wrote that, uh, in the reader as well a couple last couple reader columns been critical of the mayor's position uh, uh on these issues but i have to give her a shout out um, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, the story in both papers, the Tribune and the Sun Times today, uh, the city released the files on the Laquan McDonald shooting, and interesting, disturbing stuff in there about uh, records being. Dis- I'll read. You, I'll just read you the Tribune lead, which kind of sums it up. Uh, Jeremy Corner, uh, Jeremy Corner, and John Burns lead in uh, in the Tribune. Chicago still simmering over the fatal police shooting of 17-year-old Laquan McDonald when the city's f- watchdog finished an in-depth review of the case and determined police officers. Lied about what they saw and changed or destroyed evidence, resulting in a massive cover-up of a brazen shooting. Yes, indeed, uh, that uh, story still uh, is with us. And uh, the Tribune, uh, excuse me, the um, the Sun Times, the Tribune, have uh, details of the Inspector General's report that the Inspector General Joseph Ferguson uh, undertook in the in the aftermath of Laquan McDonald's shooting, and it was. Kept secret by Mayor Rahm, Uh, Lori Lightfoot released it. So kudos to Lori Lightfoot uh, on on the public records front there. The more transparency we have, the better, I say, D. Let in the light. Isn't that what Lori Lightfoot always says? Let in the light. So uh, kudos to Lori Lightfoot for doing it. This little light
0: of mine. I'm going to
1: let it shine. There you go. Making good on a promise. All
0: right. So that's what's going on in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon. We now go to you, the Ben Jarofsky Show listener. I'm looking at the Ben Jarofsky Show Facebook page, which, by the way, you should go to at Benny J Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show. Uh, When we hit 2,100 likes, we will have our next caption contest. And right now, I'm looking at the page. We're almost there, people. We are at 2,080. Whoa. Three (laughs) likes. Dang, 17 away. (laughs) So there you go. Head over to the Ben show, Facebook page. Give us a like adding
1: more. Do it
0: again. Okay, I see. Yeah. I, I can picture that in my head. Uh, did good. I tell you that
1: I got a woman stay drunk all the time? <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> Sorry. Your
0: woman does not stay drunk all the time. I've <laughs> met her and she's very nice. <laughs> I don't think she'd like you saying that. Uh, it's a Led Zeppelin song, guys. That's what he's referring to. Uh, so, yeah, we're at 2083. Head over to the Bendorowski Show Facebook page if you've yet to do that. Give us a like. Tell your friends, by the way. And when we hit 2,100 likes, we will have our next caption contest. Uh, ben, what are you feeling on the next caption contest? Any ideas then, uh, for the picture that we should post on the page? Uh, should be local
1: or national? I'd say... Well, we did
0: Lightfoot last oh, time. Oh, we got to go Lightfoot and
1: Ivanka. So you want to go Donald Let's Trump? Let's go Donnie. Let's go Donnie Trump. Well, I'm trying to know.
0: think before we decide on that. We, okay.
1: Yeah. Wow. Okay. I like that. By the way, uh, I urge everybody to check out last week's uh, download. The bonus special, Jim Coogan, really takes apart, uh, Ace Attorney takes apart uh, The uh, the trump impeachment the, how is this legal is the question we ask and i'm really looking forward to this one of our most popular uh, guests on a bonus time neil muhammad who's one of the smartest people in the state of illinois i think we'll all agree he ran for congress in the 16th congressional district uh, and he's coming in tomorrow we're going to have a wide-ranging talk i talked to neil today about some of the issues that we're going to be talking about but uh, everything from syria to china to the presidential primary and to impeachment so some good bonus stuff good bonus material come and am i allowed to say it even though it's a sports related thing? Oh yeah, Can go I ahead. say it? Do yeah. I permission? We had a delightful conversation with Joe Cowley, uh, Chicago Sun-Times beat reporter covers the Bulls, my beloved Chicago Bulls and Dennis has given us a special uh, a, a, a allowance okay, uh, to, uh, to talk about Chicago Bulls basketball. We did it once before with Joe Cowley. So it's a bonus segment. If you're not into it you don't even have to listen to it folks, but uh, <laughs> if you are into basketball it is a delightful conversation. Joe Cowley does not pull any punches. It was a blast talking to him. So that'll—I don't know if we're going to download that because I think we're going to be downloading the Marion Williamson uh, interview. Are we not, young man? Uh,
0: I'm going to try. You know, I'm going to hopefully uh, when we get to the event, I'll be able to record it and it'll sound decent. So you know, if it sounds good, I'll post it.
1: If it sounds like crap, I'm not going to post it. You know what I mean? Yes, indeed. So all these decisions will be uh, decided tomorrow. A lot of tension. Oh, there.
0: by the way, I've been working on a, a new intro, uh, an intro for that segment. Is this legal with Jim Coogan? So you ask, is do it? Is this legal?
1: Do it real quick. Is this legal? Yeah. Whoa. That's pretty cool, All right? It is really good. Hey, JC, Jimmy Coogan, you hear that? <laughs> All right. Is this legal with Jim Coogan? All
0: right, and hey, uh for our next caption contest, uh we're thinking Donald Trump, but if you have a better suggestion, head over to uh, the YouTube live stream. I'll, if you're uh, listening on the live stream right now, give us a suggestion. What should we do for our next uh, caption contest? We're thinking Trump. Anybody else that we're leaving out that made the news in the last few months that possibly we can have a caption contest for, head over to the live stream chat, let us know, or the Ben Jarofsky Show Facebook page if you're listening on the download. That'd be cool. All right, so let's go back to uh, reading the comments here from everybody. Uh, Amelia weighed in. She says, love your show. I love learn a lot thank you amelia that's really nice of you that's cool all right on to uh the youtube live stream chat we got people weighing in here we got daniel daniel says hey ben that's it Hey, Daniel. And he says, Aunt Dennis, I guess. <laughs> right.
1: That's like that Norm McDonald bit, but I mean, it's not go there.
0: <laughs> and he says, uh, Daniel says, the Chicago media is going hard for Lori versus the CTU, but I haven't personally talked to anyone who is super pro-Lori here. More often than not, people don't realize that a strike is on the horizon.
1: Yeah, uh, that's a good point, Daniel. Make uh, First of all, yeah, we talked about this already. We're alone again, naturally. Uh, one, one of the few uh, voices in the media right here that uh, is generally supportive of the teachers uh, as opposed to taking a pro-Laurie stance which I think we would all agree that uh, most of the mainstream media has done just that I see I'm in a bubble here uh and the bubble is, is that I live on the north side of Chicago and the north side of Chicago in these matters tends to be more conservative than the rest of the city. Uh, they, the folks, it just seems like they align with the mayor, whoever the mayor is. I remember back in 2012, so many people that I just bumped into in a normal course of the day were supportive of Rom and a little irritated at Karen Lewis. And they would like blame me because I was openly supportive of the teachers. Like, you know, somehow or other, I had this influence with Karen Lewis, which obviously I did not because uh, i didn't want the teachers to go on strike in 2012 any m- more than anybody else did uh but um so they would say ben can't you talk to your friend oh <laughs> well, yeah I'll, I'll call her up right now and tell her to call off the strike uh, but i get the same vibe uh d so, m- so many times where i go on the north side of chicago people are saying to me you know i just don't understand these teachers it's uh you know it's a hard i don't get it i didn't get that much raise or um, they're getting enough money or i don't understand why they're going on strike so my guess is uh uh, is that if there there may be a split in uh, the view of this um this is definitely an issue worth exploring a north side view versus a rest of the city view in terms of uh the teacher strike but listen f- f- just random conversations that i have with just uh people I bump into on the North side of Chicago who vote liberal when it comes to presidential races, but are a little more conservative when it comes to local issues. It seems that these people are on the side of Lori and don't have a lot of s- sympathy uh, for Chicago's teachers.
0: All right, let's unpack the news happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon. No Wednesday public events scheduled for our Illinois governor, JB Pritzker. So Ben, it's like one twelve in the afternoon on Wednesday. Pretty nice day out. What do you think mm. the governor's doing
1: right now? <sighs> what is the governor doing? Well, is his leg okay? His leg seems to be doing fine, so he doesn't have to rest his leg. No, no, he's up and at uh, it. To uh, d- he is probably listening to the show. Okay, that's what he's doing. Because you, you need huge both legs to do Mims, so he's listening to the show. Get ready to hear about Dolomite. I like how you asked if his if his leg was okay, yeah. and
0: then oh yeah, well he's listening to the show. Yeah, you need yeah. both legs to listen <laughs> to the Benjirovsky show, apparently. Yeah,
1: yeah, That's what he's doing He's listening to this show.
0: Okay, nothing else, huh? All right, no Wednesday public events also for Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. What do you think Lori Lightfoot's doing oh, right
1: now? Right now, she's definitely listening. She's listening to yesterday's Stacey Davis Gates interview. Oh, I'm she's sure finally she is. catching up on yesterday. She's not happy with that interview. You see that little steam coming out of her ears? She is not happy with that Casey Davis Gates interview. These Chicago teachers, why don't they just shut up and go away? Well, now there may be steam
0: coming out of her ears, especially if she's listening at this moment. That's what she's thinking. We do have more updates on the potential Chicago teacher strike, but first, another alderman in the hot seat. Oh, boy. It's another episode of everyone's favorite non existent Chicago political soap opera. It's the latest struggle between a man. <laughs> And her alderman. Yeah. alderman. Yeah. And you know, I said the hot seat. And when you hear the story, that pun was not intended, okay? But I did say the hot seat. And when you have an alderman in your city council currently being indicted for such acts as shaking down a Burger King, hot seat may be a bit of an overstatement. We're headed to the 49th Ward mm-hmm. for today's episode. Ben, pop quiz. Who's the 49th Ward alderman? Come on,
1: Maria Haddon. Oh, man. Who was before Maria Haddon? Ice Cube, (laughs) Joe. Joe. (laughs) It's my guess for everything. (laughs) Joe Moore, and who was before Joe Moore? Uh, Dr. Dre. Oh. (laughs) How did you know? I'm telling that you. There was that phase of his life where he just decided, you know what? I want to be the Alderman of the 49th Ward. So he came to Chicago. And in between making rap records and producing Eminem, didn't know I knew oh that, did you? Oh, my goodness. Huh? Yeah, I'm huh? telling you,
0: you can get a lot of things past me. But this guy, Ben?
1: <laughs> oh, no. Nothing right, gets past let me Ben me Wait, hold on. I got a trivia question for you. All right, lay it uh, on here me. Here we go. For 10 trivia points. I look smarter. Maybe I'll be smarter with my tie. Who is Tyler Blevins? Tyler Blevins? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> that is not the correct answer. I, I just... I'm a little astounded that you don't know this. I don't know who Tyler Blevins is. Uh, he is, uh, goes by the name Ninja. Ever heard of him? <laughs> <laughs> no. I. Uh, this guy is a gamer. I didn't even know this existed. I'm a little embarrassed to oh, admit. Oh, okay. So uh, you, Gilmore Girls was last week. This yeah. week it's games. G- and gaming, and, and this is a guy who has, are you ready for this? 14.7 million followers on Instagram. 14.7. Whoa, how, many, how many do we have? Uh, we cracked a thousand. <laughs> oh, okay, that's actually not bad. That's actually not bad. Dude. I thought I going to say like 50. 14.7 million Americans, or I don't know if it's Americans, 14.7 million followers on Instagram, a gamer. Do you even know what a gamer is? Yeah. Someone who plays games and gets paid for it. Yeah. Wow. And la- last week we were interviewing Monroe's son, Kyle, who's about to uh, come out with his game. I can see why he's doing it. 14.7 million followers. Anyway. I just discovered Tyler Blevins, and uh, you know, I don't feel so bad. You, a millennial, have never heard of him before.
0: Yeah, you're really coming a long way, especially <laughs> last week when uh, you learned uh,
1: Mario's uh, brother's name. Bobby? No. <laughs> what was Billy? It's Luigi. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry about that. Luigi's anyway, Gilmore Girls. Ask today. Sergio what he thinks of Gilmore Girls.
0: Yeah, please do. We gotta know about that. Alright, Marie Maria Haddon, alright? Can't get anything past Ben Jarofsky. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and the one and only Fran the Woe Man Spielman. Alderwoman Maria Haddon of the 49th Ward is apologizing to the Chicago Firefighters Union Local 2 for her chief of staff's insensitive Twitter takedown of Alderman Jim Gardner of the 45th Ward that ended up inf- uh, infuriating rank and file firefighters. The squabble between freshman aldermen began when Haddon's chief of staff, Leslie Perkins, tweeted a newspaper story about Mayor Lori Lightfoot putting Alderman Gardner in his place. Now, for a little context, if you recall, a couple of weeks back, Mayor Lightfoot pretty much handed Gardner his lunch when she defended her decision to hire the guy Gardner beat former 45th Ward Alderman John Arena with a one hundred twenty nine thousand nine hundred ninety six dollar a year job in the Department of Planning and Development. Yeah, I guess Jim Gardner was under the impression that after defeating someone in an election, uh, the other person doesn't get to continue with life at all. They just (laughs) sit at home unemployed, sulking about it forever. Uh, What? He can't continue on (laughs) and prosper? Mm -hmm. So Gardner was a little salty after that. And as for Leslie Perkins, well, Perkins uh, served as 45th Ward Alderman, former 45th Ward Alderman John Arena's chief of staff before making the switch to Maria Haddon. Oh, and also Jim Gardner. Former Chicago firefighter and EMT. All right, now to the tweet from Perkins regarding Lightfoot uh, handing Gardner his lunch here. Perkins wrote, "Quote: Everyone that shares this gets to hear the same joke. I wonder how a firefighter feels about getting burned so badly." Implying burned when Lightfoot said that to Gardner, burned so badly. There you go. So the Chicago fire fire uh, fired community was upset by the tweet and labeled it insensitive. <laughs> Now some of you may be thinking, eh, come on, that wasn't so bad. But enter Reverend Thomas Mulchrone to maybe change your mind on that. All right. McCrone was so incensed by the tweet that he fired off a letter to Haddon warning that her, quote, standing with members of the CFD and, dare I say, first responders will be non-existent if she does not address this matter with serious consequences for Perkins. Here's the quote. Have you any idea of the pain and suffering the firefighters go through when they are burned? Do you know that the scars, both physical and emotional, remain with them for the rest of their lives? On Tuesday, Haddon acknowledged Perkins' joke was offensive to firefighters and never should have been tweeted by your chief of staff. Here's the quote from Maria Haddon on her staff member Perkins. Quote, She's sorry. It was a stupid comment. She wasn't really thinking. We've been in communication with uh, Local 2 making sure they understand. She's making a written statement of apology. No words for Mayor Lightfoot on the incident, so it looks as though as the moment she will serve no detention time <laughs> and will keep her position. But when it comes to the city of Chicago, you never know, because after all, this is the daily ongoing battle between <laughs> a mayor and a. To you by the 14th Ward Parker King.
1: Uh, Bendrovsky, your thoughts? Well, it was pretty offensive tweet, you know. Uh, and it, it, you know, it's interesting. I, I don't know why aides to aldermen tweet stuff out anymore. You know, because it's just going to cause more attention for their boss. Once you go to work for an alderman, it's sort of like you got to be quiet and. Uh, you know, just go into the background because the alderman or the alderwoman in this case is the boss and he or she will bear the brunt of anything you do uh, and they, you, they'll be accountable for anything you say, uh, even if they had nothing to do with it. So uh, I do think it was an uh, insensitive remark. Uh, that said, I'm not sure the firefighters were as offended as they say they're offended. I think there was an opportunity for get some good digs in uh, between uh, g- getting back at uh, John Arena Uh, This is a former aide to John Arena. And of course, this fight goes back to uh, 45th Ward aldermanic uh, battles that go on. So, you know, uh, listen, in general, you know my rule, D? Anybody under the age, what was it? 50? 50, yeah. Uh, anybody under the age of 50 should not be allowed to tweet. Still holding on to that <laughs> yeah, rule, Yeah, I'm still huh? holding on to that rule. But my guess is is that uh, Maria Haddon's aide is under the age of 50, so she's uh, allowed to tweet. But, you know, we talked about this yesterday. The Really, the notion of free speech, D., does it's like there's always accountability for what you say someone's going to get irritated at you they're going to strike back at you it's going to get a person in a position of power mad or put them in a, a delicate situation uh and we're seeing this happen with the national basketball association in china where the general manager of the houston rockets tweeted out support for the hong kong protesters and all of a sudden all hell breaks loose and china's now you know not airing team uh games and there's uh nba games and there's a uh, talk of uh, of, uh, of banning products, and the NBA is going to pay a uh, price financially for this. So you know there are consequences. You just don't have unlimited free speech rights. We. It may not seem that way when Sergio Mims comes on this show and says whatever's on his mind. Oh,
0: just uh, the views <laughs> and actions of Sergio Mims do not reflect those of the Ben Jarofsky
1: show show. Uh, Got that sh- out of the way We now. should make that clear <laughs> up front uh, from the get-go. And we should also say it does not uh, represent uh, that of the Black Harvest Film Festival as well. But uh, yeah, there are consequences for just speaking out. And in my humble opinion, the joke was offensive and uh, not bright. But I think Maria hadn't handled it very well. And now we can put it behind us, right, Dave? Water under the bridge. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Lori Lightfoot just sort of dodged that one. I mean, that was really a fight. That's really a story of an alderman and her alderman. If oh, wow. You know I mean. oh. But yeah, you know, Lori's like nowhere near them. don't touch me with that one. Well, I think with all that's
0: happening right now
1: between our mayor and
0: the Chicago Teachers Union, and maybe this Maria Haddon thing is way at the bottom of her list. You know what I mean? Yeah, she's got bigger fish to fry. And speaking of, oh, wait, hold on. This milk thing, you gotta, we got to turn the buttermilk thing over. Hold on. hang tight everybody. <laughs> it just looks like we got
1: buttermilk oh well, uh, yeah Peter Janko will be coming in the studio this Friday he gave me that uh, that missing yes he, missing. Got, he was fired and yeah. he's missing yeah. get it yeah, yeah. and okay. now he's rehired it's a joke yeah. now
0: all right yeah. and speaking of we have an update on the potential Chicago teachers union strike opening a new front well this comes did from did they cut a deal No deal Uh, has been
1: cut. The big update that we're all waiting for. They cut a deal. When you you say you have an update, I go, deal cut? (laughs) No,
0: not not that update. Just uh, more side updates, I guess. This comes from CBS uh, Chicago. Opening a new front in the ongoing contract dispute between Chicago Public Schools and the Chicago Teachers Union, Mayor Lori Lightfoot complained that the union is holding up negotiations over demands on affordable housing policy. In a statement Tuesday night, Lightfoot said that the union's contract with CPS is, quote, not the appropriate place for the city to legislate its affordable housing policy. But CTU responded Wednesday morning that 17,000 students in the district are homeless. This is a quote here from the CTU statement on Facebook. Yet Lori Lightfoot insists on mocking us instead of discussing the housing needs of those students and their families. We have more from the CTU statement on Facebook here. I'm just going to go ahead and read it. We have nearly 17,000 homeless students in CPS, yet Lori Lightfoot insists on mocking us instead of discussing the housing needs of those students and their families. Our contract proposals demand CPS hire staff to support CPS families in danger of losing their housing and advocate for a program that financially helps our PS RPs and new teachers purchase a home. The mayor finds them, quote, Unreasonable.
1: Yeah. Well, who knows what was actually said uh, behind closed doors during those negotiations? But clearly, Lori Lightfoot saw an opportunity to get a dig at the Chicago Teachers Union and play on a the theme that's her favorite theme, the one that she and her uh, her supporters have been articulating. And that theme is this: the Chicago teachers are not really interested in reaching an agreement with them. They just want to go on strike. They want to go on strike because they want to prove they're powerful. They want to get vengeance for the tony Preckwinkle loss uh whatever they want they want to uh, bask in the glory of having presidential candidates uh, come to chicago i've heard every single explanation along these lines to sort of trivialize and marginalize the issues that the chicago teachers are raising i think as a communication strategy by Lori lightfoot it has been very effective i'm very interested to see what sergio mims says about this on the north side of chicago I find very few people who are sympathetic to the teachers. Now, on the north side of Chicago, I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to uh, precede this. I didn't find many people sympathetic to the Chicago teachers back in 2012. So, the northsiders in general have a different have an attitude where they're with the mayor on this uh, on this fight. I'm curious what Sergio has to say about what how southsiders uh, view it. If there's a difference uh, in depending on where you live or your background, etc. and so forth. So, I think it's a very effective communication tactic by Lori Lightfoot, and from on that standpoint, I give her credit uh, for like in a in a, a PR war. But I think it's a legitimate issue. 17,000 homeless kids in the Chicago Public Schools? You're asking the Chicago Public school Of all the issues that the Chicago Public Schools have to deal with, that's that's a pretty important, daunting issue. Just imagine if you're a teacher or a principal and you're, a child comes into your school in the middle of the school year from some completely other part of the city. You, you have to welcome that child. What if your class is already overcrowded? How are you gonna deal with that? Is there a counselor on hand to try to help the kid adjust to a new environment? Like There could be gang issues that the kid has has to deal with coming to it. So these are very real uh, problems that teachers and principals and counselors and nurses face. My, In my opinion, the city of Chicago does not want to address this in a meaningful way. And they just want to keep the con- focus on money. We're offering you X amount of dollars. If, if you don't take it, you're selfish and greedy. And this is a line that you will find parodied in the Chicago Tribune on its editorial page, Sun-Times editorial page. And it's very pro- popular on the north side of Chicago. So when, to finish the point, when people uh, read this story in the Sun-Times or the Tribune, on the north side, they'll be, oh, those teachers Why are they raising this issue? I like Lori Lightfoot. I voted for Lori Lightfoot. So it's a great PR strategy, and i got to tip my hat to Lori Lightfoot. Uh, But in terms of dealing with the issues that teachers are facing and kids are facing in the public schools, not much help. Now, maybe it's just me. Perhaps I'm reading the wrong websites. But it seems like the media
0: has plenty of coverage on the mayor's perspective on this ongoing battle between the Chicago Teachers Union and the mayor. So to hear the teachers' union's perspective, well, we suggest you check out our interview yesterday with Stacy Davis Gates, vice president of the Chicago Teachers' Union. It's available for download at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and wherever else you download podcasts. If you uh, haven't heard it, Ben, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about this interview? How was your talk with uh, Stacey? What did you take from it?
1: Well, my... T- uh the, the thing I, I urge everybody to check it out, but what Stacey Davis-Gates addressed a couple points uh, right up front was whether this, the, the, this was a payback time I asked her about that directly. You know, where are the teachers just trying to redo uh, the election of 2019 of April where uh, they unsuccessfully backed Tony Preckwinkle and got and were defeated? Is this just their attempt to redo that? Uh, is this their attempt, Are they grandstanding? So we got into all those issues. And Stacey Davies Gates, uh, I thought, gave some pretty strong responses. I don't want to give too much of it away, D, because you know what? I want people to listen to that. I learned that from you, all right? You went to radio school, and you're wearing a tie. My God, I mean, <laughs> you've come a long way, sir. So, you know what, folks? Just listen to Stacy Davis-Gates yourself. Download- and, by the way, she has a few things to say about the Bears. Remember that? Oh, yeah, She yeah. ripped the oh, Bears. Oh, my God,
0: all of you guys loved the Bears. <laughs> oh, uh, God,
1: the Bears are terrible.
0: <laughs> right before week one, all you guys went, ah, oh,
1: Bear Down, I love them. You know what? That's something that Stacy Davis-Gates and Lori Lightfoot both agree. Bears suck. <laughs> okay, well maybe we can get some unity there with uh with that simple thing.
0: All right, and uh, for those keeping track at home, we are only we have eight, eight days until the union strike deadline. And also for those keeping home, adding to the list of uh, Lori Lightfoot's ongoing city problems, I believe uh, we're keeping track of this here on the Ben Jarofsky Show. Uh, we are now at problem number eight billion. Okay, that's billion with a
1: B. So there you go. Nah, billion with a B, which rhymes with P, which stands for pool nice. right here in river city still doing that every time we play that clip huh i think sergio mims knows what movie that's from sergio <laughs> may be the only guy in this room who knows <laughs> yeah, that that's right oh, okay uh, my, uh robert, preston. robert preston come on man but who played Ma- uh miriam the librarian oh uh, this is great my, <laughs> my, my wow my I favorite <laughs> part of the podcast when ben talks to people without microphones uh that is sergio mims <laughs> <laughs> this is great audio guys